Good afternoon, and welcome to episode five of High and Tight. I'm Scott Erickson. Joining me, as always, is Pete Pagagua. What's going on, Scott? How you doing? Was I close to that time? Not really. Jeez. It's okay. So bad at saying your name. <laughs> uh, we want to apologize. We're coming on a day late this week. Uh, Pete had some obligations yesterday, um, which sounds important, but then you realize he was just playing golf. So that's yes, why I was, I was playing golf. It was a media day at the Travelers, so I was uh, doing my job, working on my slice. So we pushed back the uh, the podcast one day, but we got another day of action to talk about. So Absolutely. Good. So it's not so bad coming in on a Wednesday. It gives us a little more time to digest everything that happened. Exactly. Uh, let's jump right into it. Obviously, like we always do, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Always. Um we both saw some good games this week, uh, or last week, going into this week. Let's start with that. Uh, you were up at Platt Maloney. Yes. Let's, let's hear about Platt so Maloney. So I made, I made my return to Meriden uh, last week to check Oh, wait, out. did you get a steamed cheeseburger? I did not. That's okay. I did not. Right. I went to uh, Moe's instead and got a burrito. Just as good. Yeah. But uh, I went. I got to go check out Platt Maloney, <laughs> uh, my old stomping grounds, and... Uh, it was exactly what I thought it would be. You know, Maloney's you know having a rough season this year. They only have one win, and uh, excuse me, Platt. You know, was going with their ace Carson Cooney pitched great, struck out ten guys. Maloney made it a closer game at the end when they got to the Platt bullpen. But yeah. uh, you know, big win for Platt. They clinched a spot in the in the postseason uh, tournament last night with a win. They got to eight wins. Um, it's nice to see they got a couple of good guys on that team: EJ Dudley, Jake Baker. Um, so they have a good little core. I think Platt, depending on how the state tournament lays out, with Carson on the mound, I think that they could you know, maybe win a game in the state tournament, which I think would be huge for them. I think it's awesome that we're talking about games like that, too, because right now we're getting to the point of the season where teams are trying to qualify for state. Yeah. So we always focus on the teams at the top, and those teams are all going to pretty much be in the, the yeah. state playoffs, be in their conference playoffs. But this is a crucial time for teams with five, six wins. Yeah. As they try to cross that threshold to get into states, and that's a great example of that. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, once you get in, and we saw it last year, all you got to do is get in. Got to get in. You get in, anything can happen, and then you just go from there. And uh, if you have a pitcher, you know, obviously you want more than one, you know, arm. But if you have a guy like Platt does and Carson Kuhn, you have a chance against anybody. Of course, in especially that first, first round. round. Exactly, yeah. especially in that first round. So you just got to get in, and you go from there. It was nice to be back up in Meriden, uh, see the guys. See some of these kids who I covered for two years. Meriden's an awesome baseball town. Great tradition. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember when we were 12-year-olds there. It wasn't Cal Ripken League then. It was Bambino. But they were always the best team in the state. Meriden yeah. was a team I always wanted to beat. Yeah, and they're going to be hosting the American Legion uh, State Championships this year as well over at Sepa Field. So... That's an interesting game to watch. Uh, we'll get to, to the field to watch a game. We'll, at, we'll, we'll get to Legion in a little bit. <laughs> um, I saw Staples Darien last week. Obviously, we were all amped up for that one. Mm-hmm. It was two best teams in the FCAC. Darien came into that game having played five games in a row. Yeah. They were super tired. They rested a couple starters, including their catcher, their shortstop. Their pitching staff was so taxed. They, you know, it was going to be a Johnny bullpen game. They ended up using a JV kid who had never pitched. They ended up using another kid who had never pitched before. Staples ended up winning the game. Yep. Chad Knight started his first game, which was very important for Staples. Yep. Um, but this is kind of the opposite of that. These teams are both in states. They're both in FCX. Yep. So as Jack McFarland said to me after this game, there's no trophies that are being awarded 
for this game. Yeah. You know, and for those people that were a little upset that the matchup didn't live up to its marquee status, that's a normal thing that happens at yeah. the end of a four or five game week to a high school baseball team. Like your pitching's just shot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, yeah, so it looked great on paper. But again, and, and we, we touched we talked about this before we started recording the show. It's Okay, these teams, like you said, they're in the States, they're in the SX, so now they're just getting ready. Right. They're lining up their pitching for when it comes time to win ball games. Would have Darianne liked to beat Staples? Absolutely. Sure, of course. You know, you're never going to say no to a win. But <laughs> these teams are preparing for their runs. Right. And if you don't think that the Darian kids wanted to go in and beat Staples, then you're out of your mind. Oh, crazy. They wanted yeah. to go in, and Staples wanted to beat Darianne. They don't care who's on the map. And know. it's baseball. Right. Okay. We've seen, and we're going to touch on, on some of these standout performances from the past week, but we've seen and we've heard of freshmen who come in with their first start and throw no-hitters. Right. So I don't care that this kid was a JV kid because he had just as good as a chance to go out and throw a great game than any other pitcher in the state. Did. Right. And that's and that's the beauty of baseball. So, yes, they were taxed and, you know, it's... You just can you know, it doesn't... They could have thrown their best pitcher. Playing five games in five days is tiring for anybody, including MLB players. Of course. You know? So... Your catcher in the professional level gets a day off. Yeah. On the fifth exactly. Day. So the, the kids who, who caught for Darian, I mean, yeah. that, that could obviously deserve yeah. a day so off. So shout out for Darian for playing five games in five days. Obviously, they wanted the, to beat Staples, but I think they'll get another shot at them, whether it's in the FCX or, you know. There was a few other things from this game. One thing, they had the Westport Little Leaguers on the field before the game. They announced the Staples players. They ran through the Little Leaguers, slapped their hands. That should be happening at every high school field. You want to get kids to love this game, get them to idolize these high school kids first, and, and yeah. you'll have so much more interest on in the youth level. Well, I was going to bring this up with our looking ahead uh, for the week, but uh, Lewis Mills and Northwestern's doing that on Thursday night at Muzzy Field. I think it's a 6.30 game. Oh, that's awesome. Any Little Leaguer... Who's in attendance? I believe I read the the uh, the banner uh, the the flyer. Any little leaguer in attendance can go on the field and stand with the players for the national anthem. Kids, that I mean, kids absolutely love, love that. that. It's a I, great idea. I told you off the air. I don't think I talked about this on the air, but I brought my kid to a Trumbull Stanford game during April break this year. He was so enamored with the high school kids. Chris yeah. Briganti, the kid who was the star of the game, signed a ball for him after the game. <laughs> and he might as well have been getting a ball signed by Derek Jeter. Like, to, to a six-year-old kid, that is the world. Chris is now his favorite player. Absolutely. He has until, a ball on his shelf. Yeah, that's his favorite player until... That might be his favorite player forever. That moment yeah. will be forever... For your, your son will always remember that. And it was actually funny. I saw on Instagram... Uh, the other day, Ben Kasparius from Staples posted a photo. He's a freshman at North Carolina. Granted, he's doing great, and you know I don't think that surprised anybody how well he's doing. Um, he was signing autographs for a couple of kids, and like that's the coolest thing in the world. So cool. And those kids are gonna love that forever. So you know your son's gonna keep that ball forever. And you know when he gets to high school, whether he's playing for New Canaan yeah. or or wherever Whoever. you send him, yeah, and. Um, you know that'll he'll remember that, and then he'll you know probably want to give back and do that. You and know, so will those kids else. on the field who are at Staples. Yeah, some of those kids will won't continue to play baseball. Some of those kids will be on the field for Staples yeah. in a few years, and that moment is important yeah. to them. And they hold it. They they do they, absolutely, they hold on to and it. and they should. And that's and that's really cool. You know, uh, this is jumping off baseball a little bit, but uh, Mike Demar wrote a great story about Mikey Bichetto from Waterford. He right. was there the new London Days Player of the Year. And during their state title run, 
there were kids at the elementary school like pretending to be Mikey in the so gym. cool or pretending to be Mikey on the blacktop. Yeah. That's cool, and I saw that in Thomaston too when I when I when I covered a lot of Thomaston with their girls basketball team and the great job that uh, Bobby McMahon did has done there. They have the little like trotters that they would bring out, and all these girls were like after after the game shooting, being like, "Oh, I'm Abby. Oh, you know, I'm Casey," and like they're playing. That's cool, it and that's really cool. you know these kids. Yes, they're high school kids, and you know you don't want to put more on their plate, but doing a little gesture like that goes such a long way. It's a small thing. Yeah. Uh, one more game that you saw, Amity Hand, uh, obviously the Pat Winkle show, so tell us about that one. Pat Winkle is everything that he is, is, you know, whatever people say about him is true. Yeah. Um, that kid can ball. He is an excellent catcher. He saw one pitch against uh, Hand's ace, Kyle Schaefer, and he sent it to the moon. He hit it about 400 feet. Um, and then he got to have his second at bat, and they put this ridiculous, you know, Mark Teixeira esque shift on this kid, and he just lays it down the third base line and beat, you know, there wasn't even a throw because there was nobody there. But that's just a baseball, that's just a smart move by a great baseball player. Now, I love after the game, I know that you asked him if he bunts a lot. Yes. Now, we have to point out Pat Winkle is one of the best hitters who's ever played in the state of Connecticut, yes. numbers wise. And Pete says, Do you bunt a lot? No, he showed. He was a pro. And the way that he laid it down it was like watching Ichiro bunt for a hit. Yeah. And he's like, Not really. And, you know, you kind of, as someone who made his. His short baseball, high school baseball career out of being an excellent bunter. Yeah. He's just kind of like, nah, not really. But like, I saw an hole, I saw an opening, and I decided I would, uh, decided I would take a shot. And he's probably just really good at bunting because he's a, a, a great, great baseball yeah. player. Uh, bunting is an art. I, uh, I saw in the Norwalk Stanford game the other day. I saw it in the Staples uh, uh, game that I saw last week. A lot of these kids do not bunt properly. No. They don't have their hands set no. properly. Their feet are moving all over the place. I think this summer we need to go to a field and do a video. Do a little, a do a little video. We're gonna do a two, we're gonna do a couple clinics. One on bunting, yes, which absolutely is an absolutely bunting. lost art and should be happening in high absolutely school games because you can get hits with it. Yep. And we're gonna talk about how to put on stirrups properly <laughs> and how to blouse pants properly. I which, saw your which, post, which is something that no one does. And the kids like to have the tight and yeah. then the sock right up to the top, but really you should take the pants off, put them inside out. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But we can do it. We can do it. We're going to have time. We'll have, yeah, well, you know, high and tight instructional uh, videos. Yeah, but the bunting, I think, just, again, and just as for me, I was a very good bunter. My dad made sure as a kid I can bunt. Well, at the end of practice, I had no we, strength. But we all bunted. You had to bunt. After you took your BP, yeah. every kid had to sit there and bunt. You all had to learn the proper but form. But now they, and, they still do it, but they're just kind of like, they're just slapping at it. So I see more I, kids like do a swinging yeah. bunt, and they're like trying to run to first. I, but and... I think it has to do with wood, uh, with aluminum bats. I, I think because where I played high school on Long Island, we went to wood our sophomore year. My sophomore year, so that was two thousand and five, six, and uh, it changed the it changed the whole game. Sure, because now you are playing small ball because one swing of the bat. I mean, if you're good, you can hit a home run with a wood bat, but obviously you have a better chance to do it with an aluminum bat. So it changed the entire game where it's like you're playing for small ball. I mean, there was times where on my on my coach on JV, he'd bring me out, I, I would pinch hit, mm-hmm. and I'd bunt. And then it got to the point where he would just not even give me signs. And everyone in the in the field knew I was bunting. Yeah. And if I didn't get it down, I'd have to run. But, um, <laughs> but like that, you know, bunting is such an important part of the game that I think kind of gets lost when you're using aluminum bats. Because why would you bunt a guy over when he could accidentally fall into? He could get jammed on a shot, but with an aluminum bat, it's a base hit. Right. 
So yeah, it's, it's a whole point. other game, but a game. seeing a guy who can bunt, seeing a guy at that level bunt on a play like that, that was just not just an excellent bunt, but it was such a heads up smart baseball move when he saw that the shortstop's playing, the shortstop's at second base, the third baseman's playing up the middle. It's like he has the whole left side of the field and they're daring him to go the other way, and he's like, you know what? Uh, try and catch me. Now, you and I love analytics. I have no problem with the shift at the major league level for some of these teams, especially the guys that are refusing to bunt or go the other way. The high school level, I find the shift to be a little bit of a little bit well, much. They could have shifted on his first at bat. He still put the ball over the dead center field fence. So right, right. I, I don't think you 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 could stick six infielders and you're still not getting Pat Winkle out. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's talk about a few other things that we saw uh, real quick. We were not at this game. It was a JV game in Simsbury, but a black bear wandered into center field. There's an awesome photo. I forget who took it. And yeah, I, I it's on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but the kids, which he shouldn't be running from the bear, but he's running away from the bear who's in center field. It's such a. You awesome wouldn't run photo. away from the bear? Well, I mean, I don't know. I've never had a bear in center field behind me, but you know, you're taught not to not to run away from the bear. You're slowly taught, taught by slowly. who? By Dwight True, who's bear teaching experts. you about bears? Bear experts <laughs> teaching you about bears. I have some outdoor wilderness skills that I keep in my back pocket, so I know if I ever come across a bear, I want to make some noise. I want to back away. I don't want to run. I'm just saying, if I was that kid, yeah. I'm running. <laughs> I don't blame him. I am out. You think playing in a JV game is worth getting mauled by a bear? No shot. I am running. Coach Pico back to left field. No thank you, sir. There are bears in left field. I'll be sitting in the dugout. I'll play like right center. Go with a softball shift. I'll play rover, coach. Yeah. There is no way I'm going to left field and voluntarily hanging out with a bear. That's fair. You, you don't you don't want to hang out with, with any wildlife during the game. But, no, but have you ever been golfing in like South Carolina and they're like alligator warning and it's like okay, well I'm not playing this hole. Uh, I have not gone golfing in South Carolina, but I will take your word for it. And I would definitely, hand. I would definitely avoid a an alligator on the on the golf yeah. course too. Um, we want to talk about this New Canaan McMahon game, which yeah. was insane. Insane. Shout out to Anthony Pirelli, first of all. T's and P's, thoughts and <laughs> prayers. His first tweet was like, the uh, first inning ended, it took an hour, and it's 8-7. <laughs> it was just such a demoralized tweet. Well, McMahon went up 7 nothing, top of the first. New Canaan came back with eight runs in the bottom of the inning. They ended up playing for nearly four hours. Uh, they almost got called because of darkness. It was a nine nine innings, right? And twenty nine combined runs in the game. And it was part of a crazy week for yeah. Canaan where they had a sixteen twelve game against Ludlow and a nine seven game before that. So yeah. talk about a tax pitching staff. Like that is <laughs> well, a crazy true. amount of runs yeah. for one week. I mean, that was just crazy. Watch following along with Anthony was a was a trip in itself. If you if you have any interest, go follow his tweets. Because I think it was fourteen eleven heading into the seventh. Yeah. And I'm sitting on my phone. I'm at I'm at Platt Maloney and I'm sitting on my phone and I'm like I'm like I there was nobody there, so I was talking to myself, but I was like <laughs> That's as it is. I was like <laughs> Like if I if I was a gambling man, I would put all my money on New Canaan tying this game because that's just the way the game went. Yeah, and they did, and then they won at fifteen fourteen. Um, I mean, the, the Maloney Platt game, which started at six o'clock, ended like ten minutes after Anthony's <laughs> game. I mean, that is that I wouldn't even want to look at the scorebook for that game. 
or keep it. I mean, yeah. he had to keep. I, I, I assume Anthony was keeping score for that game. That is not a fun <laughs> one. That's a lot of like crossed over innings and people batting around and just a mess. That's the have God, I hope he was using pencil. What a mess of a scorebook. <laughs> I use pen now in my. Uh, I, I use I pen score. because I don't have any pencils, but I would love to use a mechanical pencil. I had a mechanical pencil for a while, but I decided, you know what? I'm confident in I'm my not. scorekeeping I'm ability. Not. I, I'm going to use pen. I, last week when I went to, uh, not Maloney Platt, uh, where was I, two weeks ago? HK, Coggenshock? Yeah. I did the. Uh, Coggenshock was up in the first. I did it on the side of HK, and my whole book was messed up the rest of the way. I was keeping a book at a game, and a mother came over to me and said, uh, there was no scoreboard. And she said, do you know the score? And I said, yes, it's one nothing." She goes, oh, I thought it was 2 nothing." I said, no, it's one nothing." She goes, if only we could know for sure. <laughs> I was like, well, I have a book and I'm keeping score. And isn't that why you asked me the score? <laughs> like, I've watched every pitch of this game. I know the score. And it's weird. I mean, if you ever need to know the score, you go to the guy who's doing the book, especially a reporter, because we have no hand in the game. We have no, no dog, yeah, you yeah. know. And um, we sat the Waterford Fitch game that I keep bringing up. But... Uh, we were, I was up there and I had it at six to one or whatever it was, and they had five on the scoreboard the whole time, and I was like, and the parents were like, no, it's five, and I'm like, no, 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 guys, it's six, boom, 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 this is what happened. I have video, <laughs> like, no, like, no, 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 it's five, it's five, and at the end of the game, I went down to the Waterford coach, I'm like, oh, am I crazy or you guys went six to one, or it was, and he's like, yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. They were wrong. So I was like, all right, I'm happy. It's right. If there is someone there keeping score, like yeah. we do. I mean, just yeah. It's not like I'm like padding. We're not. We're not padding stats for other for kids. Hey, we're no geniuses, <laughs> but we don't score the baseball yeah. game. <laughs> all right, let's get into the poll. Let's get a little into the bit poll. here. Uh, we had three teams fall out. Um, Wilton and Manchester, who both lost a bunch of games uh, last week, lost two or three games. Uh, Darien fell out after losing to Ridgefield and Staples at the end of that five game week. I still think they're a top 10 team, but there's been so many good teams and so many just two and three loss teams. Once you get to that fourth loss, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it just knocks you out. And, yeah. and Brantford's outside the top 10 right now. They've won nine in a row. I didn't see how they did Monday, but going into this week, they'd won nine in a row. They beat a couple of really good teams. I mean, Amity's 11 and four. Yeah. And, you know, I always, you know, pick Amity because how do you not? You can't pick against Amity, especially right. when they have the best player in the state. On their team, who bunts for singles and hits four hundred foot home runs, but right. nobody's eleven and four. You know, right. I was, you know, I think people are holding those four losses early again. I mean, they were six and three at one point, I believe it was. Well, I think the problem becomes who do you take who out? Do you take out? right. So if Amity wants to get back in, if Montville, yeah. who had a couple huge wins this week, yeah. I mean, Hans lost three in a row. Uh, Montville's beaten good teams. They, yeah. you know, they beat teams that are in the top ten and now. Who who got in this week? Cheshire. Cheshire got back in uh, from not being not ranked. Windsor got back in. Windsor got in. They should have been in last week. They made it in this week. Finally. Like Windsor, big Windsor fan. Uh, they did well. Uh, and Ridgefield jumped back in at twelve and three. You know they've been in and out. Yeah. But they've obviously proven themselves to be one of the best teams. They're number one in the FCAC right now after being Staples on Monday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they have three really good pitchers. You know, in Deluca Arts. And and uh, price, so yeah, they're going to be super difficult we need to, to talk deal about with. Deluca. Deluca had two games that were so so good. You want to talk about him? Let, a little well, bit? let's jump into our standout performances, and he's the number one guy on the list. Yeah, and me. I do just want to say, Prep stayed at number one with all eleven votes, rightfully so. And South Windsor was almost unanimous number two. One team, one voter had them three, but really? otherwise they were number two across the board, which never it was Bobcats. Never happens that the number two team is unanimous. Yeah, that is that's an interesting. It's a voting vote. anomaly. That is, but it was very interesting. Uh, so let, yeah, let's get off. Let's jump into let's jump into our standout performances. There was a lot of good 
you know, individual yeah, we got a lot to talk performances about this, yeah. around the state this week. And this is with... something that we're going to try and do each week. Is you know, we see it's an individual performance around the state. We don't want it to get lost, so we want to mention it uh, right off the bat. Matt DeLuca, right? Um, you know, we were talking about Richfield a couple weeks ago, and you were talking about their top two pitchers. This and this, DeLuca doesn't pitch for two weeks. Comes back, throws a no hitter against uh, New Milford for nothing. Eighty six pitches. Efficient, and then beat Staples on Monday, and then he beat Staples on Monday with yeah. another great performance. Yeah. So, like you said, three pitchers. You know, you want to talk about setting up for the postseason. Um, you know, so that was one no hitter. Uh, Jake Rainey from Lyman Hall tossed a no hitter on Wednesday, nine one over Wilbur Cross, nine strikeouts, couple of errors uh, led to a run for Wilbur Cross. Shout out to Jake Rainey of Lyman Hall, who uh, was a pretty good basketball player too. And then, of course, our boy. This happened Monday. <laughs> My boy, I'm telling you, I don't think there's a better pitcher in the state than this kid. I think I will die on that hill this season. I think he's the best pitcher in the state. You're talking about Burroughs. I'm talking about Mike Burroughs from Waterford through his second no-hitter in a row. It's awesome. 16, 14 Ks. And the highlights from Vantage Sports, shout-out Dan Zampano. He was up there, and I, I watched uh, their report last night. It's just filthy stuff. So nasty. You're not going to hit his curveball. He's going to put a fastball wherever you want. You're going to swing at it. Yeah, uh, he's unbelievable. He's a humble kid, nice kid, um, but back to back no hitters. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, if you have not gone up to Waterford, go watch Mike Burroughs pitch. And then when the state tournament comes and you're looking at the schedule of where to go, wherever Waterford is going and Mike Burroughs is pitching, go see him because if you miss out on watching him in high school. You're really, truly missing out on one of the best parts of this season so far. He's been unbelievable. He's going to UConn, so you know he'll be pitching in college and, and all that great stuff. So should we think Waterford should make a run. Uh, so there's definitely going to be a lot of opportunities to see Mike Burroughs pitch. Now, a couple of... Uh, oh, we have a couple other pitchers. Um, Hayden, Hayden uh, 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 Guarly. Guerrero. No, no, not Guerrero. Guerra. He threw a one-hitter against West Hill. Uh, the six nothing on um, on Saturday. Yeah. No no into the oh, you're, seven. Oh, you're talking about? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, you're talking about the St. Joe's. Kid. Yeah, St. Joe's kid. Um, I thought you were talking about the Water Town. Oh no, the Water Town kid will hit on too. But <laughs> Hayden, you know, taking a one hitter, uh, beats West Hill with Gour- a one hitter. Gurley. Gurley. Yeah. Uh, takes the no no into the seventh, which is always nice. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Davis complete shutout win for Bethel over Massick last week 3 nothing win this is one that really stands out to me Will McDonald from Pomparag yeah gets a win 3 to 1 over Colby Cathedral and he had the 3 run home run Want to no. talk about an individual effort there? And, and, and I'll add to that too. Uh, Jim Evans from St. Joe's against Ludlow last week was three for four, four stolen bases, and pitched five and a third innings of relief. Also, uh, so he had a great game last week. We're starting to see some really good offensive yeah. performances here. As the, um, the weather the weather heats up, so does the bats. Yeah, and then um, uh, Jake Dumas from Norwalk had the walk off hit against McMahon. That's always good to beat your rivals. You gotta beat your rivals. Gotta beat your rivals. Uh, Justin Guerrero from Waterford, uh, from Watertown, we spoke about. Yeah. He had a grand slam in a 17-5 win over Holy Cross. Holy Cross's first loss in the NVL in two seasons because they went undefeated last year. Uh, Shout-out to a huge friend of the program, Ben DeLabelle from Cheshire. Um, he had a two-run home run in the sixth inning as Cheshire beat Notre Dame West Haven. Uh, ben is going to West Point, one of the nicest kids uh, that I've ever interviewed. Great kid, smart kid, heck of a baseball player. Friend of the program. <laughs> we hear the Cheshire Rams listen, so uh, that's always good to hear. And last but not least, shout out 
Tyler Osborne from Hamden. First of all, Hamden keeps excellent stats. Uh, that's number one. They do a great job of sharing the stats of their players, and you should follow them on Twitter, Hamden High Baseball. But Tyler Osborne, as of Monday, 10 for 12 in his last 12 at-bats, two home runs, seven RBIs, two doubles, a triple, and six stolen bases. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, one more kid we want to mention is Griffin Pompriant from... Montville, the freshman, yeah. uh, almost had a no-hitter against Waterford. We yep. know how good Waterford is. Lost a no-hitter in the seventh. Uh, <coughs> has pitched two really good games for them this year. Obviously going to be a kid we watch for the next coming years. And his father, who played at St. Bernard's, was drafted not once but twice. Drafted out of high school and then also drafted again out of college. Ended up making it up to double A or whatever. But great story for that kid. And obviously this is going to be a kid that we're going to have our eye on yeah. for a few years. Exactly. And he's from Montville. So, I mean, Montville's a, a, a one of the best. One of the best programs in the state. So it is, and I, and I really think Montville, with the games they've won this year, is a team that we seriously have to watch when we yeah. get into the state tournament time. Uh, just, you know, they, they get overlooked a little bit with some of the other teams out there, but yeah. they deserve as much credit as anybody. Absolutely. Uh, let's look ahead at some yes. games that we have coming up. Uh, this week, uh, only undefeated team in the state, Chapag at Northwestern Wednesday. I, is Chapag going to lose a game? I, it, they got Northwestern on Wednesday, and they got Lewis Mills towards the uh, uh, coming up as well. Now they were close to Northwestern earlier in the year. Yes, yeah, right? it was yeah. seven six, yeah. and uh, Northwestern Lewis Mills are those you know teams year in and year out in the Berkshire League, and I really think those are the the last two times for Chapag to get beaten in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, there is no Berkshire League tournament. Um, so the next time that someone could try and knock off Chapag is as they go for a Class S state title. So this could this be the game that Chapag loses? Maybe we'll see. Uh, we'll see tonight. Platt gave him a run last week too. So sure. I don't care what league you're in. If you go undefeated twenty games in baseball, that is impressive. Yes, I mean, absolutely. No matter what league you're going through, yeah. just because you said there's so many close games, you're throwing so many different pitchers yeah. all the time. You need everything to break your way, and that doesn't happen in the game of baseball. No, it doesn't. I mean, the ball hits a lip of the grass and it changes the, game's the, over. the yeah. game. You know? Uh, you know, so uh, another team that's not getting the love that we think it should get is St. Paul. Uh, they Walcott's coming to play them this week. I mean, what does St. Paul have to do? I know they're Class S, so it, it's hard. But they're in the NVL. I mean, Holy Cross was getting the love, and we talked about that, that because they, they came off the state title yeah. and this and this. But St. Paul's winning games. St. Paul beat St. Joe's. Right. When St. Joe's was number two. Right. Um, I think St. Paul needs respect. Um, you know, if they beat Wolcott, maybe they'll get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know that they're getting votes this week, which is good. But two weeks ago, they were 10-1, and one, and they didn't get one vote in the poll. Yeah. Which is interesting. And, and the thing is, you know, I don't know how much they're getting seen. I don't yeah. know how much they're getting written about. So it, it is hard to follow some of these teams sometimes. But if you see the record, look through the teams they beat. They should be getting a little more love. Yeah. Uh, you got a big one here. South Windsor and East Lyme mm-hmm. uh, crossover game. And they are as... We always point out playing at Dunkin' Donuts Park. Love Dunkin' Donuts. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> park two, and the donut. Yes, love it. <coughs> um, South Winds are number two. We were just talking about them. East Lyme is an ECC contender. Nice little ECC-CCC crossover. Playing at the Dunk Thursday night. The go dunk. out. Go to Bears if it's open. Get a bear claw. Just hang out in left field and watch some good old baseball. Uh, we touched on this game a little bit, but they're going to be at Muzzy. The Little Leaguers is going to be there out there for the National Anthem. Lewis Mills and Northwestern. Thursday night. Muzzy is, if you have not been, and I don't know why you haven't been if you're a baseball fan, it is such a treasure in this state to go to Muzzy Field. The grandstand is one of the best places to ever watch a baseball game. Um, I might like it a little more than Palmer, just... 
from the ambiance of the stadium, yeah. you know, like where you're where you're sitting. The old press box scared me though. I don't go in the press box. I've gone up there. It's it didn't, scary. It's just a terrible place to watch the game. It's very scary. It's too high, and when the yeah, wind blows, the, it, it sways. Yeah, I don't so, like that. Uh, yeah, and yeah. the staircase, it's just not. And I'd just rather sit in that grandstand, which I find to be, I mean, I just feel like I'm in, like, the yeah. 20s, like, yeah. watching baseball. Um, SEC, Ferran and Fairfield Prep on Friday. Um, Ferran just lost to Shelton. Yeah. Shelton's, the SEC, I mean, you can look at the teams who are going to get in right now. And it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's eight. There's eight or nine teams who are kind of fighting. I mean, for the France spot. in the middle of the pack, but this is legitimately a contest for prep where they could lose this game. You know, when you play in the Division One, the SECs, or you're one of these top teams, almost every game is a battle. And yeah. you're gonna get when you're the number one team in the state, like Fairfield Prep is. You're gonna get every team's best shot every single day. And yeah. How it's how you respond to that every time is is what it says about your team and Fairfield Prep. Answered the bell every single time this year. Uh, and we got a rivalry game on Saturday, Ludlow Ward. They're playing at Fairfield U. Playing at Fairfield U, beautiful field. Uh, that's an important game for FCX standings. Yep. That's an important game for both of them for states. Uh, both those teams are pretty good. You know, not not awesome, but they're both pretty good. Yep. Both could do some damage in the postseason. Uh, those are the games that we think are going to be good coming up, but there are a ton of games if you look through the schedule. I got Stanford-West Hill tonight at Cubetta. That's a great city rivalry. Is that play. the city championship? Uh, yeah, because they both beat Trinity, so they'll play for the city championship tonight. Uh, Cubetta Stadium is another great place to watch a game. They're going to hold the FCX semis and finals there this year because obviously Harbor Yard is no longer a baseball field, so they can't play the games there. They're not going to hold a concert? Uh, they're not going to hold the concert or play in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> Let's get to the Dirt Dogs. We got we got one nominee, and then we got a winner. Uh, so the first nominee is Devin Caput from Darien. So I talk about how Darien sat their catcher. Devin filled in for him uh, and did a really, really good job. Uh, he was blocking balls all game. He made a nice put out on a throw from the outfield, cutting down, cutting down a runner. He caught the ball and made the tag, which looks like an easy thing. But to catch a ball, as we both know, with a catcher's glove and swipe and tag yeah. someone is not easy. Kid was filthy after the game. Uh, well earned the pizza yeah. uh, that he that he got. I mean, and his coach Mike Scott called him over. He goes, "This kid, you got you got to think about this kid for dirt dog." I know we lost, but you got to think about this kid for dirt dog. <laughs> the kid's also got the flowing locks, like the long black hair. It's really cool. He's, he's a cool looking kid. Um, so shout out to Devin. Uh, you're not the dirt dog, but you were dirt dog worthy for dirt sure. Worthy. I, we definitely noticed how well you played. Uh, and then the dirt dog of the week. The winner is Mark Coley from Bloomfield High. Um, you know, we haven't really spoken about Bloomfield High ever. Ever. We yeah. try to go try and talk about every team, and, you know, some teams get, you know, you just, you know, we just don't get to see them or talk about them. So please reach out to us and, and let us know when these great yes, things are happening. Yes, please reach out to us. Uh, Mark Coley leading Bloomfield High. He's going to play baseball at Rhode Island next year, which is great. I mean, I. Didn't even hear about this kid until, you know, we reached out. So please reach out to us, this and this. Um, but, you know, Coley, he went 8 for 4 last week. Uh, 8 for 4. 8 for 12 last week. 8 for 4. Two doubles, two triples, four <laughs> walks, and he got two free passes. Uh, helped Bloomfield win a couple of games. You know, that's what you got to do. Uh, he did a little bit of everything. Uh, and even, you know, you, you like to see a kid work some walks in there, too. Yes, he could hit. But work the walk. Yeah, work the walk, get on base, and, and let things happen. Uh, you know, see the next pitch and stuff like that. So shout out to Mark. Congratulations on being the Week 5 Dirt Dog of the Week. 
All right, man. We are getting to nitty-gritty time. We are getting to the final two weeks of the regular season. Uh, we'll be back next week on Tuesday to hopefully talk about most of the teams that are wrapping up their playoff spots. There's going to be a little a previews lo- of uh, conference tournaments. Some conference tournament previews. Uh, and then after that, it's going to be a super busy time for us with states and everything else. Yeah, so. I think I think for our next five – well, I think we have seven episodes left, I th- or six. I think we're doing 11. 11. So we have next week state tour. Uh, next week is conference tournament preview. Yeah. The next week is conference tournament wrap up slash state tournament previews. Then it's state championship previews. Then we're gonna do one live from Palmer Field immediately after the last championship game. We'll get it up that night, that Saturday night, and then we're we're gonna reconvene the Tuesday after to uh, recap the entire season. Yeah. Uh, and listen, remember, send us your questions, send us your Dirt Dog nominees, yeah. uh, send it to High and Tight, send it to me and Pete on Twitter. We'd love to answer any questions that anybody has about baseball. We love talking about high school baseball. We're super excited with the responses that we're getting to yes, the show. Very much so. Everywhere we go, people are talking about High and Tight, talking about the Dirt Dogs, and we hear you. We hear you, and we love it, and we super, super yes. appreciate it. Absolutely, and if there's a team you want us to talk about or someone that we haven't spoken about, shoot us a message, let us know. We can't, you know, we try to be everywhere. It's hard to be everywhere, and we don't want anyone to feel, you know, left out or anything like that, so reach out to us. Absolutely. And remember, kids, keep your gloves down. Don't ruin the game for your friends. Uh, For High and Tight, my name is Scott. I'm Pete. We'll see you next time. Later.